Hi, I'm Emily Bellet, the founder of Vespot.com, a thriving community that financially empowers women and author of the Amazon bestseller, You're Not Broke, You're Pre-Rich. And this is The Wallet. The Wallet is here to help you make better financial decisions by talking honestly about money. I'll be sharing my best tips, inspiring you to take charge of your financial futures and talking to an array of awesome guests from all walks of life, employees, freelancers, entrepreneurs, and money experts. It's time to open the wallet again. Are you looking to start your business, but you don't know how? Maybe you're also a single parent and making ends meet is tricky, let alone starting a business. Carrie Anne is the super cool mom behind Mercer, the e-shop and thriving community of moms. Today, she tells us how she feels about money and how she's changing her money mindset. Carrie Anne tells me how she launched her business and how you could do it too. We talked about the key drivers behind Mercer and the money-related challenges associated with it, i.e. being paid late. She's also breaking the stereotypes about single motherhood and explaining why launching a business as a single parent is even more financially challenging. Just note that we recorded this episode pre-COVID and we know the crisis has been so hard on small businesses and freelancers. So please make sure you visit her shop and buy small or simply give her a follow on Instagram. Thank you. Hi, Hi Carrie. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Thanks for coming to the wing today to Thank talk to me. Thank you for me having me. About money. Yes. And Mercer, of course. Oh, so you I, say I it do so it the beautifully. <laughs> I say it like Mercer because I'm just really northern. Yeah. That but, was so nice to hear it said correctly. Okay, I'll keep the French, uh, mm. the French version. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I thought you were French when we met on really? Instagram. I was like, wow, that's a cool name. People actually, ask me Mercer. that all the time. Yeah. And they're like, how do you say it? And I'm like, Mercer. Mercer. <laughs> So can you tell me a little bit more about you and, and Mercer and what you do? What's, what's your big mission? My big mission? I didn't really have a big mission. I started out with little to no clue about what I was doing. So I started my business um, when my son was about three months old. I became a single mum. I moved back in with my mum because my relationship broke down. I basically couldn't go back to work because there would be no one to look after River. And his dad lived hundreds of miles away, so it wasn't really an option. And one day I just decided that I was going to start making clothes and bags and things that I wanted to wear that made me feel proud of my situation rather than ashamed of it. So I was like a young single mom. People often assume certain things and it can feel like a really stifling situation. But I didn't feel like that. I wanted it to be like a really positive situation. So I started making these things. I say things because there's so so many different things that I make. Like tote bags, yeah, t-shirts, sweaters. pins, mugs, like all different types of clothing for adults and kids, bags, stuff like that. But I had no idea where to source garments. I didn't, I'd never used Photoshop. I didn't know how to design any like graphics or logos or anything like that. And I had no money. I was on 400 pounds a month. That was my maternity pay. And that was it. It's insane. Yeah, how old, how old were you? 24. Wow. Yeah, so I got pregnant when I was 23, had him when I was 24. And I basically, the only place I knew I could get branded stuff was Vistaprint. So yeah. I was like, okay, because back then, like now, you can just Google it and there's so many places and it's all automated. You don't even have to go through the process of like emailing suppliers or, 
you know, any of that stuff. You just go on a website, find a garment, attach, you know, upload your design and it's done. So I literally went on Vistaprint, chose the cheapest tote bags I could find, the, the smallest quantity, like the minimum quantity. And I used their tools, their design tools on their website. And, you know, they have about 10 fonts. I didn't even have a name for the brand. I thought, what do I want it to represent? And I, I just, in its simplest form, it was sisterhood like, amongst mothers. And that was what was getting me through my own experience at the time was being in this online community and having that sisterhood around me, even though it wasn't there physically, I could go online in the middle of the night and message someone in the US about breastfeeding. Like, yo, my nipples really hurt. Yeah. You know, like I'm crying all the time. Is this okay? Is this normal? Sisterhood amongst mothers. I was like, mother, sister, sounds a bit dry make it French it sounds really cool <laughs> but also it's that little bit more discreet so you're not just walking around with like you know I'm a mom like a big mom flag like if you know you know sort of thing not, not everyone knows what those words mean so it was a bit more discreet great and not then, that I wanted it to be discreet no, I wanted no, it to be course. like out there but you know it just sounded nicer to me that's literally it and um where are you today with the business so I saw you in the tube on the made.com ads which was pretty cool with, yeah. your, with your son so it's just like snowballed but it's taken about five years so it's quite short to get a business off the ground not when you're Aries yeah <laughs> that's long for me yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've plodded but yeah so I've got that first product I I got all the money that I made from those tote bags. I didn't even have a website. I literally got my grandma to take a photo of me in the field with these bags. And I just put them on Instagram. And I said, if you want to buy one, send me a DM with your PayPal email address. And I sold them through PayPal. So I used the money from that to buy the next product, which was a mug. And then with the money from both of those combined, I bought the first t-shirt it was a vest, I think. Oh my God, it's so long ago, I can't remember. But they all had like the same logos on because I didn't know how to design anything. <laughs> but we just went from there. But then within two years, it was a six-figure business. But I knew nothing about tax. I'd been brought up in, you know, a really working-class area, single-parent family, month-to-month -month living sort of thing. I didn't know what a tax return was. I didn't know what it meant to be self-employed. So I was just in way over my head ended up paying out a five-figure tax sum. It completely wiped me out and I had to start the business from scratch. That's the short oh. version. That was about two years ago. And that coincided with a breakup and me leaving London. So it was, it was a terrible, terrible time. <laughs> but obviously, you know, the community online built my, follow, my following grew. And with that came sponsorships and ads and all of that sort of thing, which is how the made thing came about, which is why I'm all over the city. Yeah. The buses, the tubes. Wow. I actually saw it for the first time on Oxford Street about two weeks ago. And I said to my friend, she was next to me, we were waiting to cross the road. I was like, oh, look, it's made. And then I was like, oh, my God, it's made. I'm on the fucking bus. <laughs> Literally screaming in the street. It was brilliant. That's really cool. It's well so done. nice. Yeah, that's really nice. So, I mean, the topic of money in the end is, is quite central to, like, your experience building your business. Yeah. Because, I mean, you were literally broke and you were like okay now I need to do something yeah. because of, in this country you can't live off maternity benefits no. what do you think about money today do you think it's 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 a good tool is it helping you do you, is it easy for you to to manage it like business-wise and on your Absolutely personal life not but I'm trying to learn so obviously I had that big tax incident and I had not prepared for it at all and honestly the months and months of anxiety I went through when I was going through that whole process and sending off this and finding this and the way it made me feel I never wanted to feel like that again 
But when I think a lot of it has to do with your upbringing as well. We never had money. Like I was saying to you earlier, when you grow up in a family where you're living month to month and there's nothing, there's nothing spare, there's nothing left. Like anything you have is like pay by week, you know, from like the catalogs or something or like you're renting white goods and stuff like that. You don't, you're not taught about what to do if you actually have money. So the more I made, the more I spent. And I was just living month to month like that because I did not understand how to manage money. I just found myself in a situation where I was making it off something that was initially just me making a tote bag that I might want to use, you know? So I was in way over my head and I sort of buried my head in the sand even after that. I was like, I don't want to feel like that again. So I'm just going to pretend that money doesn't exist. If I can keep buying stock and paying my bills, I'm fine. And I just trapped myself in this little bubble. But over the last year or so, I've started to really want to have financial freedom and understanding so that's what I've been trying to do and I your book was the first book that I read on, so on the topic actually oh, great. <laughs> um, and I tell everyone to buy it thank you it's great <laughs> I saw on Instagram uh, so, so what is financial freedom for you being able to you know just put the heating on if I want yeah. to <laughs> no I really want to buy a house okay um I want to be like the first person in my family to buy a house I want to just have that security you know that's my big thing but then I wonder like why do I want that you know do I want it because that's what everyone considers to be like a a fair measure of wealth you know do you own property like what are your assets but I want it I do yeah. I do actually really want it and sometimes I think oh this is so hard you know like learning different ways to manage your money and like keep everything under control is really stressful even like the more you learn it still it still boggles my mind like I, I try but what can I do, you know? Um, and sometimes I think, oh, it'd just be easier if I can just rent forever and ever. And as long as my bills are paid every month, I'm sweet. But no, I really want my own home. Yeah. That's what, that would, for me would be a huge milestone. That's what I want to reach. And then I don't know after that. Yeah. Buy another one. That's your next goal. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, retirement, saving for the long term. Yeah. yeah. Is this like, is money a topic? I mean, you've been talking a lot more about money on your, on your Instagram with your followers, with, I mean, I guess with your community, I guess it's a really important topic for freelancers and single moms. So how do you approach this topic? What are the main challenges for, for your community? You know, I was in the same situation as a lot of people who I speak to online, like a few years ago, the main thing that people feel, that's something people often feel they're made to feel is shame. Or, you know, they're, they're stifled, they feel choked by their own circumstances and like there's no way out. But I'm absolutely like, I've never had a problem talking about money. That isn't an issue for me. I don't care. We grew up with nothing and everyone around us had nothing. So everyone was in the same boat. I think the first time I realized people actually had disposable income or like actual money, I, I was with someone when I was 19 and I went to his house and they had three bedrooms. And I remember being like, what the you've got three bedrooms we had a two-bedroom council house and my mom still lives in it now and one of the rooms was slightly larger than the other so we put up like a mdf partition that's what made our house a three-bedroom wow. <laughs> i moved out when i was 15 and my mom knocked the wall down yeah. so i couldn't have never returned um and i just remember he had an apple tree in his garden and i just remember being like wow yeah you know you, you 
you've got like the perfect little life people have money you, your parents have a car what yeah. and that was when I was 19 I think that has a lot to do with your upbringing and that when I started to realize that other people actually had money I was like oh maybe maybe my upbringing is something I should be ashamed of and then I was like actually no I think the main thing is to just talk about it because your circumstances are your circumstances and you can't bury your head in the sand about it you can't just ignore them because they will never change you have to look at them and be prepared for what you're going to see. Yeah. Which and, uh, is not a very nice experience. No. And that has, a, <laughs> that has a big impact, actually. So, you know, the way you've been raised and, and if you were talking about money with your parents, not talking about money, if you had money, no money. All we spoke about money-wise with my mum, because my mum brought us up on her own, was we haven't got any. Yeah. So don't even, even like the toys, you know, like Sylvanian families, they started following me on Instagram like last year. And I just, I was howling laughing because we would walk past those in the toy shop and mom would be like, don't even look at them. Do you know what I mean? Like wasn't even an option for us to even look at them. So yeah, it's just a weird situation. So it's good. Yeah, yeah. it's great. And I just think if you can be fearless when talking about money, it's not even about being fearless because it's really scary. But it's something you have to do, like sit down and look at what you're spending. So at the end of last year, obviously I'm a single mom. I'm really busy. I'm a freelancer. I run a business. I have like two days a week to do a full-time job, essentially, unless I want to work all night every night, which I don't. I, I used to for years. I did that and I just had an absolute meltdown. So I won't, I won't do that again. But I looked at what I was spending on and I had spent over 300 pounds on delivery in one month, in wow. one month. You know, it was like um, breakfast, lunch and dinner. It wasn't just like a takeaway like once a week. And I thought, wow, my habits are atrocious. So basically you sat down, you look at your bank accounts, expenses, you were... You and know, I told everyone on the internet as well. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to publicly shame myself. Yeah. But um, you have to be accountable, I think. And I could make excuses for myself, which I have, I have actually delivered since then. And I said to myself, well, no. I'm going to do this because I'm really busy when actually if I'd have done some meal prep, I'd have saved myself a lot of time and money. So it's just about making those changes, but you have to know what changes to make. And if you're not staring at your, you know, your statements, how do you know where you're going wrong and how can you change it? But it isn't just about those small things, but those things will make a difference to like your everyday life, basically, and how much you've got left in the pot. And also, I mean, being a freelancer, I, I find it really hard because we also have fluctuating income. We don't yeah. know when the money is going to come in. No. We usually paid late or very, very late. Yeah. So it's how do you manage these late. challenges? <laughs> yeah. It's just such a juggle. You know, sometimes you'll be thinking, right, this invoice is going to pay my bills and this is when it's due to come in and it doesn't come in for like three weeks after that. And, you know, people can say, oh, add a late fee, add a late fee. My landlord doesn't care about that late fee. Like they just want the, the rent money. paid. Yeah. And when you have a child and you're the only person who financially provides for that child, everything rests on your shoulders. So as the date comes around, just the anxiety, it's just a constant like flow of anxiety yeah. all the time but yeah there's not much you can do about that as a freelancer it just is what it is yeah you, know? you manage to plan in advance I try to yeah but then if you have a quiet month what can you do about it you know and it's easy to fall behind and it's just really stressful because there's no certainty there's no like right I'm going to get paid on this day and I'm going to pay this bill and this is how much I've got left and that's what I struggle most with when I was trying to plan what I was going to do with my money like, how much can I save? How much can I put here? How much can I put there? I don't know because I don't know what's coming in and when it's coming in and what bills are like moving around that day. It's 
it's hard work. I just have to play it by ear. I can't say, okay, I'm going to set up a little standing order into my savings account with this much money on this day every month. That isn't a possibility like at all. I just have to say, okay, if I do like a normal fee, so if I, like my average fee job that pays the bills, that's cool. If I get a higher one in, which sometimes happens, I'll shave what's on the top there and put that to the side. I did get a little tax rebate actually at the start of this year, which was two grand. Nice surprise. And that was the first time I've ever had savings in my life. Well, wow. Like my savings account has 16 pence in it before that. Well, and I was like, wow, okay. I went, I literally went into my bank and I was like, okay, I've got some money. I want to buy a house. And <laughs> no, I did. And the guy was just like, how much you got? I was like, two grand. I've just paid it in right now. It hasn't even cleared yet. And he was like, okay. Um, and I was like, where should I put this money? And he, he humored me, bless him. He, he gave me some really good advice. And I, I left feeling like amazing. Yeah. Like absolutely on top of the world because I understood a little bit more. Not only had I been given this money back, obviously I'd paid it in the first place, but I've been given it back. I had a little bit of knowledge on what to do with it. And I think when you're looking at money, it's often, I used to feel like I had to know everything all at once or I would just be clueless and just flailing around with this like these spare pennies I had. But I think if you learn small bits as you go and just ask for advice, because they have to talk to you. Like if you go into a branch and say, I want advice on this, they have to give it to you. Yeah. They give you like guidance. I mean, technically they can't give you advice, but yeah, they can yeah, tell exactly. you, you, know, you need how, to pay for the advice. You, yeah, yeah. You, you need, need to, to pay. pay the financial advisor if you want real advice. But it's good. Yeah. I mean, you know, benefiting from, you know, whatever. And even online, yeah. like there's so much you, you can learn. Yeah. Um, like books and workshops. Money is and... often, the topic of money is so boring. Yeah. And it's often presented in such a boring way that it doesn't appeal to people. And then young people in particular, we're not taught about it in school. We're very rarely taught anything about it at home. So where are you going to learn? Where do you start? Yeah. And uh, so you talk about money with, with your friends, with your mom. So that's like part of your of your life now. I mean, money is quite a central topic. Yeah, I talked to River about it as well. Yeah. He's only five, but he has this little savings dinosaur. Nice. <laughs> he has this like lime green dinosaur with a hole in the top. And we just put all the money in there. So if someone gives him, you know, like a fiver here and there or like a few quid or whatever, he'll put half of it in his savings and he knows he has half of it to buy something like a Kinder Egg or whatever. And if he saves the other half, he can maybe buy a big toy. And that's what gets him really excited. So rather than just giving him you know, a few pounds here and there. He, he can actually understand how much he's got and what he can afford. Like he'll ask me, how much have I got? Yeah. And how much is like this, for example, he likes Pokemon at the moment. So he wants like all of the Pokemon things. He wants like an Ash outfit and like the belt with the Pokeballs and stuff like that. And he'll be like, this is this much. How much have I got? I'm like, no, you need to save a little bit more. He's like, okay, mommy, blah, blah, blah. Perfect example of a delayed gratification. Just like us. Like we he save it, and, you know, we get something bigger at the end. Yeah, That's he really absolutely good. loves it. He's, he is impatient, but he, he knows he has to wait and he does. Yeah. But I never had that. I didn't have any concept of saving money no. until I was in my late 20s yeah well, that's that's quite scary <laughs> yeah it's awful isn't it yeah. no but it, i guess it's the same for all of us it's just our generation i mean and, and me i wasn't even talking about money with with my parents yeah so you just start i went to business school university and yeah. then you, you start Holy working world. and you start earning so i was lucky to work in in finance so at least i was oh, earning a I mean, decent perfect. amount of money yeah. <laughs> but it's not that i knew more about saving and investing and yeah. you know saving for the for the long term so these are really really important things yeah. that we should really you know start <laughs> yeah. now basically 
I wanted to ask you about, you know, single moms. Do you think there's a stigma around being a st single mom? Maybe the difficulty about, you know, earning money, well, being the only earner in the family. Yeah. If you think, you know, what do most people think about single moms and young single moms in particular? You have this image of like, you know, downtrodden and like miserable and like lots of other things yeah. <laughs> that aren't nice. Yeah. That is definitely what I experienced when I was younger. And I just thought, you know what? No, it's not. No, no. absolutely not happening. Sorry. <laughs> um, and I just knew I had to do something, whatever. And I just, I think I just got lucky that it happened to work. One of the, the great things about my situation then was that obviously I didn't want to go and move back in with my mum and yeah. leave, you know, with his dad. But doing that enabled me to just kind of, I didn't have any enormous bills. I didn't have, you know, a mortgage to pay. I didn't have anything to pay, basically. I just had to go back there and it felt like an enormous step back. But if, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have been able to even make one product, never mind like two and three. It would have taken me much longer. And actually, it sometimes I think you just have to be willing to take a step back in order to go forwards. And that's not a nice thing to have to face when you, you know, you've got a tiny baby. Yeah. Who is attached to your baby yeah. 24 yeah. hours a day. Yeah, yeah, of course. And you and have postnatal depression. Yeah. And you hate yeah. your life. Well, I'm so impressed. <laughs> no, I'm so impressed. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's so much work, like being with a, a little one, trying to focus on the business, having this pressure to make money for yourself, but also for him. I mean, that's... Well, when you know that the entire future rests on you. Yeah. And that's it you know, it ends with you. It starts yeah. and ends with you. And there's enormous amounts of pressure. I just think I really enjoy what I do. And had I really looked into it and thought about it too much and gone, oh, I need this and this has to be perfect. Like, I didn't even have a website, you know. I didn't have a photographer. I didn't have a designer. I had nothing. I had myself. But that was also quite freeing, yeah. you know. There's just no right time. You just have to start doing the things if I'd have really understood what I was doing it probably would have felt too big or you know I would have thought oh I can't have that that's not for me yeah. you know yeah I'm not ready I'll start later yeah, I'm yeah. Like, people like me don't have stuff like that yeah you know like, if you'd have told me when River was even like six months old that we'd have we'd even be able to privately rent I'd be like nah I don't well, know anyone who does that yeah so I can't do that you know yeah uh do you talk about money with your ex-partner yeah you, you, oh my god yeah <laughs> do, do you help each other financially um, i don't help him why why would i help him financially <laughs> i look after his son most of the time our son our son yeah but no that's been a big point of discussion yeah over the years there was years where like for about three years there was nothing and then there was on and off payments but i think for the last six months to a year it's been better but now we live in london he has him two days a week and i'm like he's a great dad yeah he loves him so much and like i can't you know it's it was really difficult for me for those years because i was making money he would be like well you got money you're fine yeah you probably have more than me so and i'm like yeah but none of us have really got that much you know so it's a team effort over here but um it's definitely a point of discussion yeah. <laughs> did debate <laughs> in in our in our family but I'm happy with what goes on now yeah. like it could always be more it always needs to be more as well 
but what can you do? You know, yeah. bang down his door. I have done that. <laughs> of course. Um, do, did you get any, any benefits? I mean, for, for maybe single parents, because the reality is most of single parents are single moms. Yeah. I mean, when you look at the proportion, I think it's, it's like 70 crazy. something percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what can, you know, mom who just recently separated from their partners with a kid, I mean, what would you advise them to, to do if you had like a few, a few tips? Oh my God, go and see what you're entitled to immediately. Yeah. And you know, that's in terms of benefits and stuff. But if you're talking about what to do with your ex-partner, I think what I see in my own situation and a lot of my friends' situations is you have an agreement and then it works until it doesn't work, Okay. you know? And then people are like, oh, you know, I can't do it this month because this, this and this, or, oh, no, no, no. It's like, no, I think what I would do in this situation if I was in it now is just go straight through the legal route. Okay. To the CMS. Yeah. I would be like, just get it all. Because there's no problem. It's not like this big, horrible thing. And I remember for a long time, I thought I can't do that to him. We're good friends. I'm not going to do that to him. When actually it's not about doing that to him. If he is, if he is going to pay what he should pay regularly, there's absolutely no reason why that shouldn't be overseen by whoever it's overseen by and just made sure that it comes out automatically because then you have no arguments, you know? And the last thing you need to be arguing about is money when you're trying to raise a baby together. You know, nobody needs that discussion and it's draining, it's exhausting. And I've been through it and I'm just like, every month I'm like, why am I having to do this? Why am I having this conversation with you? We shouldn't even have this conversation. The money should be in the bank like instantly on the day it needs to be in there. But yeah, people's circumstances change, don't they? Yeah. And if you don't have something proper in place, you're not really protected. And it isn't even about you. It's not even about them. It's about your child or your children. So remove all of your emotional attachments to that situation because it just needs to happen. Yeah. Well but I'm very black and white. Very yeah, Aries. Yeah. No, like, I get see. It done. Yeah, yeah. Give it to me, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure we're all taken care of. That's all that matters. And, and how do you... So today you're most of the days with your son. He mm-hmm. goes to school. But still, like, you need to take care of him after school. Yeah. How do you manage to balance work and being a mom um, oh, without having childcare? It's so difficult. I think, you know, I have the hours that he's in school. But that's not very long. Short. Yeah, really short. When you think you're running a house by yourself as well. So you have to make sure everything in the house is sorted, all the washing, all the food shopping, all of the plans for the week, all of his school things, everything else that just comes into play. It's not just like, oh, I'll drop him off at school and I do my work and that's it. And everything else just gets miraculously done because it doesn't. And what I started to do when he first went to school was just work when he was in school and then do all the house stuff when he was at home. But then all that happens is we get home and he'd be watching the TV and I would just be not with him, you know, and he'd be like, mommy, come and sit with me. Mommy, come and sit with me. And I'd be like, oh, I can't do this. I've got to like do this and do this and do this. And it wasn't working. And the things were getting done, but I felt like a shitty mom. And I felt like he wasn't getting the best of me. I wasn't very present and that made me feel awful. I'd rather have a messy house. So what I do now is try and do at least some work after bedtime every night because I used to put so much pressure on myself to work when he was in school, do all the house stuff, make the dinner, do the bathroom, do the bedtime, like clean up after dinner, like make sure everything's planned for the rest of the week and then work for hours after seven o'clock when he goes to sleep too. And I had no time for myself. But then you're exhausted. Yeah. 
I was so tired. Yeah. I felt awful. And I, I used to be able to do that when I was like 24, 25. So like, I could do it easily. No problem. And I loved it. I really got off on it. I was like, I can do everything. Look at me. Oh my God. Super mom. Yeah. <laughs> and I loved it. And then I was just got really tired, man. Like I can't, I physically can't do it. And I try because I have memories of those days where I was just like smashing everything out. But then, you know, I was living at my mom's. And then I was like, I lived with my ex-boyfriend for a year and we shared that. So there was like two years there where there was someone else in the home. So of course I was able to do it because other things were being taken care of. Someone could do bath time while I was tidying up after dinner time. You know, it's all those like crossover jobs that you don't realize when you go through a day and someone else is there. But when there's literally no one and it's not just that, it's the loneliness as well. Like you need to make time as well as the working and stuff. It's your friends. Yeah, you have Have to socialize. Yeah, because once your kids are in bed and you're just doing work, you don't speak to another adult. Like you don't have any conversation. There's no winding down. There's no, there's nothing. It's just you in your house with a sleeping child and loads of work in front of you on your desk. It's, it's really lonely. Yeah. But I don't think there's any perfect formula for it. And it changes week to week. Like sometimes I'll be like, oh my God, I'm absolutely fine working till the crack of dawn. Like it's okay, it's cool. And then other weeks I'm just like, oh no, man, I just want to go, go to my friend's house and drink wine and order more delivery. (laughs) (laughs) And you've, you've also been speaking a lot. I mean, you have an event tonight at the wing. So I guess that's also part of building your community with Mercer and meeting all these moms. And it's great. And it's so inspiring. And after I leave, I'm so gassed. Like every time I leave an event, I'm just like, yeah, I want to go out. I want to go out dancing. I have like all this energy, you know, but then you have to also socialize outside of work because the people who are here tonight, a lot of them will be my friends, but it's work. Yeah. You know, It's not like I'm just going out like casually and having a drink. I've got to be here. I've got to talk for an hour. I've got to give as much of what I can to these people and try and be useful and helpful to them, you know? Yeah. But it's fun. It's fun. You have so much energy. How do you keep up with everything? (laughs) I don't. You should see me in the morning. Is this your community also? Yeah, definitely. I think you have to be buoyed by something. Yeah. And you have to figure out what that thing is and put, more energy into it you know there are so many things that are just like draining like sucking the life out of you in this world and I just think you have to give as much energy as you can to the people who make you feel good and the things that make you feel good as well that's not always easy though so yeah let's be honest took me about two hours to get out of bed this morning oh, well. <laughs> I, really did. I was like I just have a coffee and then I'll get up and I was like oh I just do some emails and then I'll get up. There's like, I have another coffee. There's still some in the pot and then I'll get up. And before you know it, you've got 25 minutes to shower, dry your hair, do your makeup, get dressed and pack your bag. You know? But you were early for this recording. Yes, I was. <laughs> do you have any like final tips before I ask you this quick fire question? So maybe for freelancers or for, or for moms or maybe for anyone who wants to, you know, start their, their own business and really... You know, oh, starting your business started. one is easy. Just just yeah. do it. You know, I did like some business mentoring last year over the summer. And the main thing people were always worried about was I don't have this. I'm waiting on this. I don't have the right boxes for my product. I don't have, you know, my web designer. Da, da, da. Like, what are you messing around with a web designer for? You know, when you sell candles, like just get a basic website. The beautiful one can wait. You know, you can wait for that website. You can wait for the right boxes. Just get the product out there. Start talking about it. 
you know, get on social media and talk about the process that goes into like what you're making or what service you're providing. And that's what people don't just want to see the end result really yeah. anymore. And you there's know? so much stuff you can do online for free. I mean, exactly. Yeah, I literally didn't on spend Squarespace, a Canva. Yeah. yeah, same for me. Like my, I built the first version of Vespon. And, and everyone I speak to says pretty. the same. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. look like it's best, but who cares? That yeah. can come. You just need some money coming in. You need to get the word out and like awareness and stuff. And there ain't going to be a right time. There was someone I spoke to who had tens of thousands of pounds of investment and was still sitting on wait, like sitting on it. Yeah. You know, I'm like, why is your shop not open? I was like, I had a few hundred quid and I didn't even have a website. I opened it. I was selling things because that's ultimately what you need to do. But I think when you have nothing and you're starting with nothing, the need to bring in something is greater than anything else. Yeah, so pressure. you're just doing it. Yeah. You have to do it. There's no choice. But if you're overthinking it and you're sitting on it for, you know, more time and more time and more time, it's just impossible. And just you, do it. And you never do it. Yeah. Even if you do it and it looks crap. Yeah. At some point, it won't look crap. But you're never going to get to that point unless you start. So that's where you are. <laughs> On Vespa.com, we're running some secret money diaries. Mm. So today's not going to be secret, but I have five quick <laughs> fire. Me, everyone. <laughs> five quick fire questions for you. Okay. Your top three financial goals. Oh, owning house. Not worrying about putting the heating on. Oh, and being able to buy like the good food in the supermarket, you know? That's really pathetic, nice one. isn't it? <laughs> No, but it's like, those are the things that I, in my everyday life, I'm like, oh, I wish I could do that. I don't want to have to think before I like use gas and electric. I want to have a house that I sit in and it's mine. And I want to go to the supermarket and go, that looks nice. I'm going to put it in my basket. That's literally it. And then after that, whoa, sky's the limit, you know, <laughs> maybe investing. Maybe I'll come to you and ask you some investing <laughs> advice. Uh, best financial decision ever. I don't know. Oh, getting a bookkeeper. Yeah, actually, that was the best thing I did. And I, it was an expense that I was like, oh, can I justify this? But actually, I needed someone to pick up the slack for me while I was learning how to do things. And if I hadn't have done that, my taxes would have been completely all over the place again for another year. And I would have had that horrible, like choking feeling, you know. And so I paid for her so I didn't have to feel like that. And now she keeps everything in order for me and she hates me because I just ring her and I'm like, can I buy this? Can I do this? Can I have that? What are we doing about this? She's got three kids. She doesn't care. She's like, I'm the same with my accountant. <laughs> She'll be sitting like rolling her eyes every time she sees like my name on her phone. Worst financial decision ever. Oh, to not educate myself on my taxes. Oh my God. To not keep anything back for my taxes. I got really lucky because that was the best year my business had ever had. And I had a lot in the bank it wasn't there by the end of it but you know i didn't get arrested i so. ask you about financial... do they arrest you no <laughs> <laughs> uh, i ask you about financial freedom so yeah financial independence what is it for you i feel like i'm already doing it no one financially contributes to my life apart from me that's it i mean owning my house would make me feel like I had a bit more financial independence, but that, that would just give me more independence anyway, a bit more stability. For me, I just didn't want to be in a situation. I wanted to either rent privately first and then buy a house. I didn't want anyone to financially contribute to my life. And I, I still feel like this now. So if I get married, I don't want to own my house with that person. They can buy their own house if they want. Someone asked me this the other day. They're like, well, what about the person you're with? I'm like, well, they can buy their own house. I'm not stopping them, but this is going to be my house. And then maybe we'll buy one together after that. I just think I always want everything to be mine. I'm very much a mine person. So 
don't try and get a joint account with me. <laughs> it's not going to happen. And finally, what are the things you spend the most money on? Oh my God, food. Food. Come on, it's food. Deliveroo. I actually um, <laughs> did some Instagram stories about this. Like, what is your main, like your your weakness? You know, what do you spend the most money on? And it was coffee, takeaways, eating out and clothes. Everyone said the exact same thing. Well, thank you so much, Carrie. <laughs> I you. hope we're going to see beautiful pictures of the home you're going to be buying in oh the next God. few I'll, years. I don't I think I would take any pictures. I'll just be crying for like a year straight. <laughs> so after a year, you'll post pictures. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> where Where can we find you? It's allrightforamum.com, not mercer.com. I need to change it back. Very confusing. <laughs> um, and on Instagram, I'm at mercer, but it's M-R-E dot S-O-E-U-R because Instagram don't allow you to have French characters yeah. in your handles. No accents. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming today. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode, please take a couple of seconds to rate it on your favorite podcast platform. Also, don't forget to join our community on Instagram and Facebook and to subscribe to our newsletter on vespot.com. Feel free to email me with your comments and questions over at emily at vespot.com. I also wanted to let you know that we are not financial advisors. So the articles, the information made available on vespot.com and in this podcast are provided just for educational purposes and do not constitute financial advice. So make sure you consult with an independent financial advisor for advice on your specific circumstances.